up, everyone? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Happy Monday again, folks. I hope everyone that celebrated Thanksgiving had a nice holiday. We are officially, officially in holiday season, and I am very excited about that. I try and live in the moment, as silly as it sounds, um, and not like listen to Christmas music or start putting up my decorations or anything before Thanksgiving because I don't want to, I don't want to rush things. But at the same time, the holiday season is so short. There's really like what, like 20, 30 days, like more like 30, I guess, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas that you got to soak it all up. So we need to get our Christmas tree up in our house. Normally it's a day after type of thing. Like after Thanksgiving, the tree just goes up and we start decorating it so it can live in all its glory for as long as possible. But it's a little complicated. So picture, let me paint a portrait for you. Let me paint a visual in your mind of my living room. (laughs) So when you enter my house through the front door, you will stare directly at the staircase that leads to upstairs. To your right is our living room, to our left, to your left is the dining room and the rest of the downstairs. The living room is where we put our Christmas tree. But it gets a little complicated. We have some furniture. So we have this furniture set that we took from our old house into our new house. It's very nice. There's a, there's two couches, like a small couch, like a two-seater couch, three-seater couch, and a love seat. The love seat normally goes upstairs to my mom's room during the holidays so we could put the Christmas tree there. So the love seat sits by the front window, and in our old house, like our Christmas tree has just always gone by the front window. So we need to carry the chair from, like this love seat, like it's like a big chair, from downstairs up up the staircase and my staircase has like a right turn like it's not just a straight shot up it's like you go up 10 stairs and then you turn right or left and go up like another three stairs and then it's got to go down the little hallway and then into my mom's room which is definitely a task for two people I listen I'm strong but I am small I am like five foot two and a half so either my brother and my dad do it or my brother and myself, since we're the ones who live here. My mom has bad wrists, um, and it's a little bit of a struggle even when me and my brother do it. Let's face it, mom, I'm sorry, but my brother's a lot stronger than my mom. So me and my mom doing this is so out of the question, unless like one of us wants to fall and have the chair crush us. My brother decided to break his hand recently So he had surgery on his hand and it's still recovering. So it's getting a little better, but not to the point where he can pick up a chair and help me move it upstairs. So that's our current situation. I don't know what we're, how we're going to figure that out. Um, But the Christmas tree needs to get up because it needs to live and all of it needs to soak in every moment. Like I said, the holiday season is short. Um, You guys didn't need to know that that was an issue in my life, but I needed, I needed to tell you guys (laughs) anyway. I hope you guys had a fabulous Thanksgiving. I personally did. I, so my last few Thanksgivings have been 
a little weird. So let me think. So growing up, I mentioned this last week, growing up, my Thanksgiving was always at my grandparents' house and we would go around like 2.30 or whatever. Um, And then the COVID year, things kind of changed. Like my grandparents stayed in by themselves because um, it was what? It was 2020 still and we didn't want them coming out and risking it. And my grandma was pretty sick at that point. Um, And she passed away a month later. So last year, 2021... And I, uh, I should preface this by saying I have one cousin on that side and she alternates going between our side and her other side every year. So last year she wasn't with us and we still went to my grandpa's house. It was fine. It was normal, a little sad without my grandmother there. Um, and then this year we went to my aunt's house. So I had to pick up my grandfather. Uh, I left around 1130 in the morning here and you're all needed to sleep after Thanksgiving Eve. So there was no Thanksgiving workout for me. And I have zero regrets about that. Growing up, I also liked to watch the parade. And the only time I would really be able to go to the gym on Thanksgiving is like early in the morning and I would miss the parade. And it just, I'm not, I wasn't doing anything this weekend. I could just swap out my rest days. I'm I have no regrets, Uh, but if you did get a workout in, I hope it was a good one, and I pray that none of you went into last Friday with the mindset of, I need to work off this pie or this turkey, blah, 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 because that's not how things work, and that's not a healthy mindset, but I already talked about that last week, so I won't preach at you guys. Uh, I want to hear what everyone's favorite Thanksgiving food or tradition was. I, it's tough for me. I liked a lot of the stuff that was served. My uncle did a fantastic job cooking the turkey. It was, it was perfect. Honestly, I had white meat and it was perfectly moist, not an ounce dry at all. Gravy on top, extra bonus. We also make mushrooms on Thanksgiving, like sauteed mushrooms and I know mushrooms are kind of a controversial food. I love them. I thought that they were fantastic. My aunt made glazed carrots, also phenomenal. My mom made sweet potatoes, good as usual. And my cousin made cornbread. And I know that the cornbread probably took the least amount of effort of everything on the table, but something about it just really, really hit. So I think that's my favorite. I also looked up, I wanted to look up like a fun drink recipe for us to drink uh, now that like both my brother, yeah, this is the first holiday that both my brother and my cousin are 21. So I was like, jokingly, I was like, oh, I'll bring the alcohol. And then I was like, wait, I'll actually, I'll bring the alcohol. Um, And my brother was like, well, what are you bringing? I was like, I don't know. I, I got to think about it because I like it's Thanksgiving. I'm not just buying a bottle of tequila or something like I'm not having a tequila soda with my Thanksgiving dinner. There is a time and place for that. And it's not Thanksgiving. So I just did a quick like Google search like oh, Thanksgiving drinks. And I found this pumpkin pie pudding shot. And I'm going to I'm going to say that I did make some extra. I made more than I needed. 
So I actually poured the rest and put them in just like a like a tumbler and drank it before Thanksgiving Eve. And it had me feeling comfy, I will say. But the shots themselves were fantastic. My 87-year-old grandfather took one. And yeah, I haven't seen him even drink wine in ages. But my 87-year-old grandpa threw it back. And listen, Italian grandparents don't hold back what they have to say. Like they will tell you anything straight to your face. And he had no bad things to say. So I take that as a win. It was really easy. I bought pudding mix. So not actual pudding cups, although I guess I could have. But I bought pudding mix um, and I mixed it with, I had like oat milk in my house. So I just used that instead of regular milk. And then it was half a cup of Fireball, a fourth cup of vodka, X amount of pumpkin pie um, or a pumpkin puree. I forget how much it was. And like half a teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice. That was it. All you had to do was mix it all together, refrigerate it, and then we topped it off with like whipped cream on top. And it was phenomenal. So if you're looking for something fun to do, uh, I know people are still doing Friendsgivings and stuff. Uh, highly recommend. You could not taste the alcohol. You tasted some of the cinnamon from the Fireball. But like if I didn't know that Fireball was in it, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't immediately been like, oh, Fireball. Um, I would have thought that somebody probably just put in cinnamon. But yeah, so that was really good. I'm trying to think of what else, what else has gone down this week that I can entertain you with before actually getting into the educational part of this podcast. Um, as far as my TV endeavors go, because I know that you guys are constantly asking what I'm watching, what I'm going to binge next. I did tune into the Dancing with the Stars finale this week. It came, if you weren't watching, the final two came down to Charlie D'Amelio and Gabby Windy. Gabby Windy's from The Bachelorette. This was, I think I said this in a previous episode, this was my first season watching The Bachelorette. So I I was rooting for Gabby. Plus she's hysterical. She's such a, like, she's such a dingbat. She's like, she's like, like dumb, but smart dumb, you know, because she's like an ICU nurse. And I feel like I resonate that with that a lot. Like I'm smart. Don't get, not to my own harm. I'm, I'm, I'm smart. I'm book smart, but I could be, I could be real dumb sometimes. Uh, but anyway, I was rooting for Gabby. I sent in my votes. The two of them, Charlie and Gabby, were both phenomenal. Like, I I just can't imagine being able to pick something up like that. And, like, like if I was a pro, I would look at the two of them and be like, okay, I've been doing this my whole life. How the hell are they getting this so quickly? Um, Charlie D'Amelio did end up winning. Um, and a lot of people were saying, like, oh, it's rigged, blah, blah, blah. But listen... Charlie D'Amelio obviously grew up taking dance classes or whatever. Gabby Windy was a Broncos cheerleader. So they both have like a little bit of background. So as far as like coming down to the final two, I thought it was a pretty, like I really didn't know who was going to win. Obviously, Charlie has a huge following, people on TikTok, but Bachelor Nation really shows up for that kind of stuff. I don't know. That was that. It was, I would really suggest if you're curious to go and look at like one dance from each of them. I was highly impressed. I will just 
like to be able to move my body like that in a matter of 10 weeks. No, no, can't happen for me. No, sir. (laughs) Anyway, I started two new shows this week. Uh, My friend Julia suggested that I start in the dark on Netflix. I think it's only one season deep. I hope (laughs) at least because I've been nonstop watching it. Uh, It's it's very good. If you're looking for a new show, I didn't know that this one even existed. Um, But it's like reality slash crime a little bit. Um, And it's very interesting because the main character, she's blind. That's why it's called In the Dark. And I just think it's really cool to watch stuff like that just to help educate yourself and familiarize yourself with things that aren't a part of your daily life. Like obviously I can go around and I see things, but I see the way that she's using her phone um, and how there's like, I mean, growing up now there's a lot more resources that are handicap friendly, but it's, it's, it's really interesting to see her maneuver about her life. Um, and there's like a little crime aspect to it. So I don't want to give too much away, but if you're looking for something good, you should watch that. And I also started watching Entourage. I have this Entourage has been on my list. My brother watched the whole series this summer and I'm always hearing people talk about it. And I'm like, oh, it's on my list, like Entourage, like I got to watch it. And then I finish a show and I'm like, what should I watch next? And everything just flies out of my mind. So we watched the first two episodes and it's definitely, Entourage is definitely my type of show. So I will be. I'll be continuing that. <laughs> Those are my, that's my TV endeavors in case you were curious. Um, I also have gone, I've gone a little crafty this week. I had to tell you guys about this. I have this, uh, I have this machine and it's called a scan and cut, like the brother scan and cut. And basically you can either use the design from the machine or you upload your own design like on your by connecting it to your computer and you feed in whatever material like vinyl like whatever and it cuts out the design like exactly so because like let's say i was cutting a uh, like a, the like the letter e cuz that's something i cut out this weekend i could cut it with scissors, like trace out something and cut it with scissors, but it's going to come out like a little botched. Let's be real. Like no one's hand is perfect. So yeah, this, the little cutting tool cuts everything like exactly perfect. Um, and I've used it before. I cut out the Jeep logo and put it over like the actual emblem on my car to make it like holographic, but I bought heat transferable vinyl to make some sweatshirts this weekend because I was feeling, I was feeling a little creative. So I went to Michael's and I bought white sparkly heat transferable vinyl and I made myself a little knockoff Nike sweatshirt. So I wrote, I got the old like vintage Nike logo, but I replaced the, I'm wearing it right now. I replaced the eye with a little ghost like, um, silhouette I guess or outline one because I don't have any Halloween clothes and I know that Halloween is past but it's not like it's a black sweatshirt so it doesn't scream Halloween and I could really wear it whenever 
but I could also like it could pass like I'll wear this next Halloween uh so I cut that out and then I cut out the swoosh on the bottom and then all you do is literally take your iron and iron it right on the sweatshirt and it came it came out pretty good I'll have to upload like I'll have to upload pictures or something so you guys can see but I'm, I'm pretty proud of it and this is definitely not going to be the last time that I dabble with this kind of stuff see my problem like I've said I constantly need to be exercising the creative muscle in my brain I will go crazy if I'm like not doing anything and I like I go through phases like this time last year I was knitting hats I couldn't stop knitting hats and then I'll like paint and I'll start painting for a while um so now this is my new thing I also tried to before I decided to iron this stuff on I was like, let me just see if I can embroider this logo by my hand. Um, so it wasn't the worst thing, but it wasn't the best. I need to get like a cheap, like just like material or something and practice that way because I think I've got it like almost down now. But I was being sloppy and I was effing things up. So I'm definitely going to dabble with that because I don't feel like paying for an embroidery machine. And I get bored, so sewing is fun. I don't know if I'm lame for saying that. Not fun, but it, it takes a while, so it passes time, and I'm exercising that creative muscle. I sound like such a loser right now. I hope you guys think that's cool and, and not embarrassing, but whatever, I'll own it, I'll own it. Uh, anyway, we have a really great episode ahead. This week, I interviewed Ritvik Biswas, who I went to college with. Uh, it was my first time actually talking to him in like face-to-face, -face, even though we've known each other for years. But we not only had a great conversation about powerlifting and how we get got into all that, but he's a very um, like real and educated person just in life. And we, like us both being, or having Asian heritage, we got into a good conversation about that and what it's like having Asian parents, like parents that are not originally from here, didn't have parents that were from here. And then us being full American, like having grown up here, having been born here. So we had a really good conversation on that. I don't know how we even got to that point, but it was really nice getting to talk to him and have somebody to relate to. Um, and then this week's main topic, is, I'm going to be going over some tips and habits that I practice that help me balance my work life and my health because th that topic is long overdue and you guys have been asking for it and I need to give it to you. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right, let's dive into this week's highlights, starting with my non-fitness related highlight of the week. I am actually going to give this one to Thanksgiving Eve. Um, okay, I don't know if this is just a Jersey thing because my mom told me it was. She said, or not that she told me it was, but she saw like on Facebook or something like that, that like people don't do this everywhere else. So let me know, like, let me know if you're not from New Jersey and you go out on Thanksgiving Eve. Like it's a thing, at least here, that like everyone's back in their hometowns or like visiting their parents. Um, 
and you just go to whatever local bar or like tavern is in your town for the night, like the night before Thanksgiving Eve and every, or the night before Thanksgiving. And you kind of see everyone that you grew up with and from high school and then you're 10 minutes away from home and you just call it a night after that. So it's like a big thing here. Um, so anyway, my mom had told me that she heard that this was just a Jersey thing, but then I was listening to the Chicks in the Office podcast and one of the hosts, Rhea, is from Long Island and she said that people do that too in Long Island. Like she, like, she didn't allude that it was a weird thing. Um, like she said, she's done it before. So maybe it's just like a New York, New Jersey area thing. Or maybe my mom just had the wrong idea. I don't know. But anyway, so I I had a very good time, surprisingly. Um, it's, it's a bit confusing where I grew up. And I'm not going to get into like the whole details of it because your head is going to spin with me trying to explain it to you. But... Basically, I the high school that I went to was in a regional high school district. So there were like six high schools in our district um, in six different towns. All like, you know, we're all like within a 25-ish minute radius of each other. Uh, like we're one big cluster of towns. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> uh, and you can like basically like you have the option to apply and like go to any of the high schools in the district. So my brother and I did not go. We both didn't go to the high school in the town that we grew up in, but we went to another high school in the district. Does that make sense? I hope so, because this is recorded. So obviously I can't answer your questions on the spot. Uh, And to make it even more confusing, my brother and I did not go to the same high school. We both went to two different high schools in that same district. So because of the way that like we're all sort of connected, you know, it's like you grew up in this town, but then you go to this high school and you're friends with that person because now you go to school together, but they grew up in another town and they have friends that go to another school. And it's just a huge web of everybody knows each other at the end of the day, basically, or knows of each other, at least. Um, I didn't have the best high school experience. It wasn't the worst, like my, all my four years weren't horrible. I definitely have people that I still keep in contact with. Um, but high school was a a rough time for me, especially my senior year. I just dealt with a lot of bullying and because I wasn't from the town that I went to high school in, it was a little bit harder being like included in things, um, just because I wasn't that close or it it was just, it, it was tough. Um, So I'm not really thrilled at the idea of going into a bar and seeing everybody I went to high school with. Like, I don't really care to catch up with some people. There's people that, like, if I saw, I would definitely um, want to catch up with and whatever. But the idea of being in a room of, like, everybody I went to high school with makes me feel uncomfortable. Luckily for me, though, I go to... The night before Thanksgiving, I go to a bar in my town that I actually grew up in. So I don't really see anyone from my actual high school. I saw a lot of people I went to elementary and middle school with, that I went to summer camp with. So it's still that nostalgic like feeling and catching up with people. But I got no qualms with these people. I think the people that I, I grew up with like in, and went to summer camp with, 
they're good people. I can't complain. Um, and some people from other schools, like the high school my brother went to, and then there's like a mix of, you know, then there's people from my area that went to Rutgers with me. And I'm rambling on and on. You don't really care about this. But anyway, it was it was a good time. No qualms. And I went with, um, I have two of my guy friends that have been my friends since kindergarten. Like our moms are best friends. And we've always been like close, but we just don't get to see each other that often anymore. So it's nice doing exactly what Thanksgiving Eve is supposed to do. We get together we go out, um, and it's a lot of fun. So I took I took Steph, who was on last week's podcast, with me this year because she did not grow up in my town, but she moved to my town. So I was like, right, why don't you come out and have a good time, man? I hope she had a good time. She told me she did, so unless she's lying, <laughs> I think it was a good night for all, and it was just a good chance to catch up with everyone. But I will say, I hate the question. So what are you up to now? What are you doing? Because in reality, all I'm doing is working and going to the gym and then sitting down and doing a different type of work. So I just feel like I'm so awkward. If you ever like talk to me in person, I fake it till I make it definitely. But a lot of gibberish comes out of my mouth or a whole lot of nothing because my brain just goes blank. So every time someone asks me what I'm up to now, I'm just like, I'm working, you know? And they're like, okay, same. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, marketing, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm in accounting. And I'm like, nice. And they're like, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, well, nice seeing you. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's it's a very awkward conversation for everyone, I think. But it's like, how else do you start the conversation? I think the worst is when you're like having that awkward conversation. You're like trying to warm up and like get back in the groove with this person. And then somebody else comes in and like cuts you off and start, starts talking to that person. And then you're just standing there like really lost and confused. <laughs> and, um, I'm sure that you guys can relate to that. But yeah, regardless of the awkwardness, uh, it, it's a good time. I can't complain. And I'll probably go at it again next year. It's also really nice like being able to go out and I'm like 10 minutes away from home because I haven't really done that since college. So it's just, it's nice for, for a change, you know, just knowing my bed is real close. Like it's just, I'm at like my hometown bar. Like I don't got to dress to the nines and the tens. Like I'm not going out in Hoboken or the city. The drinks aren't that expensive because it's not Hoboken or the city. Um, yeah, so that's my non-fitness related highlight. And my fitness related highlight is I discovered a new, not a new form of exercise, but a new like exercise resource. And this is embarrassing. I am going to say it right now, hand up. What I'm about to say is very embarrassing for me, <laughs> but I don't care. I, I'm here to own it. Um, so I discovered on YouTube this week, Pop Sugar Fitness. I had seen ads for them and stuff, but I've never really gone and checked out like what they were about. And because I was on, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Because I was on a Dancing with the Stars high, I was like, <laughs> um, I need to start learning how to dance just because God forbid I ever get asked, you know, like God, God forbid I ever get asked. 
to be on Dancing with the Stars because that's realistic. Um, I'm joking, but it's a secret dream of mine. Anyway, God forbid I ever get asked to be on Dancing with the Stars. I can't go home week one. I like I need to be comfortable <laughs> with some sort of dance moves. So I am at least a little bit prepared in some sort of dance when I get on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm Listen, guys, I'm a dreamer. But anyway, Pop Sugar Fitness actually has like these 30-minute videos where they, they, they teach you like a dance and then like you put it – like you learn it, you go slow all throughout and then you put it together at the end. Um, and there's like hip-hop and stuff. And I actually thought it was really fun. So – I just did it in my bedroom in front of my mirror. Great workout, honestly. I was I was breathless and it's like a good it's a different way for me to move my body. Cuz you guys know that I lift a lot, but this was a very different way of moving my body and for me it was a more fun way to get like some cardio exercise in, you know? It's a, dancing's a lot more fun than sitting on a bike. Um the reason why I got into it, yes, very embarrassing, but it was fun and I'll probably end up doing it again. So if that's something you're interested in, if cardio bores you, if you're looking for a new way to move, or if you also have a dream that you're going to be on Dancing with the Stars one day and want to be prepared, <laughs> check out Pop Sugar Fitness on YouTube. It's free and it was good. It was a good workout, I will say. So one of the main reasons why I decided to start a podcast was because I think that we need more resources and examples of people that aren't just fitness influencers, like they like just doing Instagram or whatever for a full-time job, um, but people who like work full-time and are just managing their health, like Okay, it's really easy to go to the gym every day when your job is to go to the gym every day. But what if your job is not to go to the gym every day? What if you work a nine to five? What if you work a nine to five, but you're an accountant and then you come home and you work some more? What if your job is manual labor, you know? And since I do work a full-time job, I thought that like, you know, I could share my resources and tips and habits to help you guys navigate like your health like that health work balance. So this is long overdue, but I'm going to give five tips for you guys that help me balance my health, like like prioritize my health really while working full time. So write these down, get yourself ready. Um, tip number one. Pack, if you're going into the office or some or out for work, pack your own meals and snacks. Prepare beforehand. I rarely, I'm not going to say never, but I rarely eat lunch out. There are times where everyone's going out and like, like last year, I think we went to the Cheesecake Factory one day for lunch. I'm like, oh, I freaking love the Cheesecake Factory. Why am I going to say no? But packing your own meals will not only help your health but your wallet as well it takes guys it takes like two minutes to make a lunch the night before I now I started I start using quick fresh I told you guys about that um so you can use my code for a little discount just a little plug there but I started using quick fresh so now I don't even have to make my lunches I just bring them with me and pop them in the microwave but what I was doing was I'd make like a sal like a salad I'd go on Sunday I would make chicken 
and like keen you are or something. And then when I wasn't feeling like actually putting together my like a real lunch for myself, I'll just make a big ass salad with whatever's going on in my house, whatever ingredients I can find. So I pack my own meals and I pack my own snacks as well to ensure I'm eating enough and that I'm making healthy choices. It's really simple, guys. It's like one of the biggest things you can do. Just pack your own food. And of course, make healthy decisions when packing your own food. But super, super important. Tip number two. This one is also super easy, but it's helped me a lot. Get a big ass water bottle. I I got, I remember I got my hydro flask in when I was a sophomore, I think, in college. And I was amazed because before I was, I had like one of those little swell bottles. And I got this 32 ounce hydro flask and I was like, oh, now I'm drinking like 32 ounces of water because I have a bigger water bottle. Um, and you know, if it's heavy towards dinner time, I'm like, okay, clearly I'm not drinking enough and I need to drink up. Um, and then I got a hydro jug and that thing is, what is it? 80 something ounce. I think it's like 80 ounces. I forget. It's a little over half a gallon. Um, maybe it's 75. I think it's 75 ounces. I don't know. Not important, but now I'm drinking even more water and it's really the simplest thing. When it's there and it's in front of you, you'll remember to drink it. And also, if you're like competitive like me, like I'm very hard on myself, I would say. And this is that's not necessarily a good thing. But like I said, if I see that it's like six o'clock and my water bottle's still feeling pretty heavy, I'm like, okay, I need to drink this. And it just helps you set like a realistic goal for yourself, um, like an achievable goal. To stay hydrated because that's a that's a big thing. Tip number three, also very very important. Meal prep. Meal prep, guys. And, and there's different ways that you could meal prep. Okay, I'm gonna preface by saying that I personally make I make four dinners on Sunday, so it gives me through Monday through Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know where I'm gonna be. I don't know what I'm doing. I have other stuff I could make. I'm not really in a rush on the weekends. But when I come home, I go to the gym after work. But even if I went before and I was just coming home from work, the last thing I want to do is cook a whole ass meal. So I personally create all my meals in advance and I just heat them up. I know that that grosses some people out or they don't like to eat the same thing. So at least prepare your food so it's ready to be cooked if that makes sense. So say you, you don't like eating leftovers or whatever, but you want to make, um, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, of course. Let's say uh, sheet pan chicken and fajitas. Love, love that meal. Cut up your vegetables and your chicken and season them on Sunday so they're ready. And when the day comes that you want to make them, all you got to do is pop them in the oven. So you don't have to take the time to actually cut and cook the whole thing. It saves you a lot of time. And I've also found that once I make myself the meals or I have the food prepared, I'm less likely to go out to eat and eat crap because I'm like, no, I, I already spent my money on this food, on these meals, and I got to eat them. Otherwise, they're going to go bad. And my mom's also going to kill me <laughs> for doing that. So yeah, meal prep is 
a huge one. And there's tons of different awesome recipes that you could find. One of my favorite sites is Gathered Nutrition. She's also on TikTok at Gathered Nutrition. I modify a lot because she makes a lot of vegan recipes and I'm not vegan. So I like to add chicken or some sort of meat in. But I have been thoroughly enjoying cooking lately. This week, I'm going to be meal prepping pink pasta. So what I do is I make like a beet sauce. It's like beet and goat cheese and olive oil. And then I make protein penne, um, like the Barilla Plus protein line. And some ground chicken. I cook the chicken. I cook the pasta. And then I cover it all in the beet sauce. And because the beets stain, so morning, wear an apron when you're cutting the beets, beets stain, so it makes the pasta pink. And it's pretty and it's delicious. And goat cheese is very underrated. And I love it so much. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, that's what I will be meal prepping this week. Number four, you guys have heard me say this before. Create a schedule for yourself. Create a routine. Remember when you were in college and you had to pick classes and actually go to them at the times that they were every week? Same shit, dude. Same shit. Just like you go to work every day. You got to go to work for eight. You got to leave at five. You don't have an option. Go to the gym. Schedule it into your routine. And not only will you see that it's actually feasible to go, but it'll help hold yourself accountable. Um, even if that means getting a personal trainer and scheduling, like making a routine to schedule with a personal trainer. A lot of people do that because it's like, if you cancel, you're screwing your trainer over as well. Like you have somebody that's also affected by whether you exercise or not. So that's another, that's a good reason why people get a trainer. But what I do is, Before like a new season, like let's say uh, the fall, when like my summer Fridays end and we're back to like fall activities or whatever, I'll sit down, I'll look, or even like I do this weekly, just based on what meetings I have, how much I have going on, and be like, okay, when am I going to go on Monday? When am I going to go on Tuesday? When am I going to go on Wednesday? Do I have time before or should I go after? Sit down. Literally get yourself like a, like a piece of paper and plan out or write it in your calendar app. Plan out when you can go in advance and try and make a routine that stays same from week to week so it just becomes a habit for you. This is a huge, 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 massively important thing, like habit to have. So please please do this. I'm begging you. It costs no money and takes like three minutes to do. Okay. And my last tip, I suggest when you do work out or go to the gym, if you have a treadmill available to get in a walk after your workouts, if you have a sedentary job, if you are in like construction or anything that's manual labor, then feel free to skip this one. But if you have a desk job or a sedentary job, I highly recommend ending your workouts with a walk just to get a little bit of extra movement in, to get some steps in. When I was in college, I was walking all over campus, from class to my friend's house, wherever. I was getting in a lot of steps. 
when I went home from school during COVID and then my last year of school, I didn't walk to my classes. I realized that I was drastically less active because I wasn't walking around all day. So I decided to end my workouts with a 15 minute walk, even if I do cardio too, just because I'm not moving throughout the day and I want to try and compensate from that. Um, And it, it also serves as a nice little cool down as well. So if you have a sedentary job, I highly recommend ending your workouts or if you're not working out, just get a walk in. Especially when the when the weather's nice, like I know this is a bad time to speak on it, but today it's like 55 degrees where I am, which is odd for November. So I'm going to take advantage of it and get in some steps outside and get some fresh air. Put on your headphones and it's a it's a great time for yourself and you're doing good something good for yourself as well. But yeah, those are five tips. I have many, many more. So if you are interested, leave me a review and I'd, I'd be down to do a part two guys. I'd be down. It is time for questions this week. As per usual, I put up a question box every Monday on my Instagram story. So you can put some questions up on that box. Just look out for it. You can also leave me comments in the reviews and I'll ask or I'll answer that way. You can DM me. You can comment on my blog, which is on my website. However you want to ask, go for it. I ain't stopping you. Um, I didn't have too many questions this week, but we do have a few. The first one is from Lynn. It asks, how many calories do you eat daily? And this question, I'm very, very sorry, Lynn, but I cannot answer. Um, and the reason why I decided to even read it was to say that I can't, I, I won't answer it, uh, just so you guys know. My body, like my actual mass, how, like my mass as a person and how I exercise, like my activity level is unique to me. So... Knowing how much I eat in the day isn't going to be very helpful for you because our bodies are different and I don't ever want to give out the calories that I eat and have somebody like be able to use that information and be like, oh, I want to, okay, this sounds really cocky, but you guys know what I mean. Be like, oh, I want to look like her, so I'm going to eat that much because no, that is so not how it works and that's how we end up in trouble with our mindsets and our metabolisms and our bodies. Ah. Okay. Next question. What would you be doing if fitness wasn't part of your life? Oh God. Um, I don't really know. So I like, I'm sure you guys have gotten the point, especially by the intro. I do have other interests and hobbies. Like I said, I really like to be creative and paint and and create things and I grew up playing instruments and stuff so I would like to say that I'd be just doing something like that but to be honest and not to be dramatic exercise really has saved my life um I started exercising because I was very depressed and it was a reason for me to get out of the house and I quickly fell in love with it and then it, it became my escape. So if I didn't have that release, I 
don't know where I would be in life at all. So if I wasn't doing fitness, I'd, I don't really know what I would be doing. I have no idea. Next question. (laughs) Easy one. Would you move to Manhattan? No. Uh, No hate on Manhattan. I love it there, but I just do not have a reason to go there. I work in Jersey. Everything's in Jersey. Uh, If anything, Hoboken would be more realistic for me, but rent's expensive, yo, and I just don't have a reason to be there, so no. Next question's from Amisha. Split for beginners. Um, Okay. This is going to be a little bit different based on your exercise history, um, your capabilities, how often you're going. So I would, generally speaking, like when people are starting to go to the gym, I recommend starting off by going two to three, three days a week for a few weeks just to get it like, get the habit down of going and then start increasing your days so you're not like totally overwhelmed at once. So if you're going to be going like three days a week, I would say maybe like a push, pull and legs day is a good split, but it, it really depends on your activity level, like what else you're doing and how many days you're going. Last question is from Katie. I know you talked about some of the books you've read, but can you list some more? Katie, I definitely can. I am glad you asked because I'm glad that somebody shows interest in the books that I'm reading and that you've heard heard me talk about it. So thanks, Katie, for that little, that little reassurance. Um, so right now I am still reading Midnight Sun, the last book in the Twilight series. But you know what I'm going to do? I am going to take my microphone with me. Sorry if you hear me rustling around. And I'm going to go right down to my bookshelf. Let's see what's on my bookshelf. So I talked about the mental health, self-help books that I've read. Um, but here's what else is going on here. On my Kindle, I've been, I read some books by Lisa Jewell. And I actually I started another one before I found Midnight Sun in the airport. So I got to get back to that one. I'm totally blanking on the names of the books by Lisa Jewell, but she's a really good author. Um, and it's like, it's, it's a little crimey. Like there's a little bit of a crime aspect to them, which I love. So definitely recommend checking out Lisa Jewell. Uh, let's see. What do I have here? Oh, the last song, of course. Great book. Um, okay. Here's a book that you guys might not have heard of before. It's an older one. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by, let's see, who's it by? Betty Smith. I found this one day where I, I, it was at like a, like a book drive or a book sale at a church by me. Me and my mom just decided to go because we're nerds like that. And it's cool. It's fine. And I found this book and it just, it just looked appealing to me. So I was like, I'll get it. Um, and I ended up liking it a lot. It was just a good story about like this girl growing up in poverty, um, in Brooklyn. And I actually thought it was very interesting because the time frame was 
around like when my grandparents lived in Brooklyn because both of my grandparents on my mom's side grew up in Brooklyn. So it gave me like a little window to their world. And I, I really liked that. It was something different than the normal stuff that I read. So that's a good one. Jody Picoult, also a great author. Um, oh my gosh. I got to look up because I, I went through a phase of borrowing all these books from the library. So let's see here. I'm just going to Google her name and see what comes up here. Small Great Things. Oh my gosh. Small Great Things is amazing. You guys have to read that. It is such an eye opener. Like it's, it's a really, I hate this word, but it's a woke book and I highly recommend it. A Spark of Light, also a really good one by her. And then of course, uh, My Sister's Keeper, really good book. So those are some good ones. Let's see what else have I read. I think I mentioned the Nicholas Sparks ones last time, but The Wish, Two by Two, also really great. And that's all I can think of. Oh, The Lovely Bones. If you haven't read The Lovely Bones, that one's really good. I would recommend reading it and then watching the movie because Mark Wahlberg's in the movie. And it's pretty good, but definitely read the book first because they're a little bit different. And then go and, uh, what's my call? Watch the movie. And, yeah, that's all I have with me. Kevin Kwan, I think his name is, is the one that wrote uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Those are also really good books, but he wrote another one. Uh, not a, It's not a Crazy Rich Asians book, but it's another one. Let's see, what's it called? Sex and Vanity. Yeah, that's a good one. So I would definitely recommend that. And okay, I think that was a lot. I'm going to shift back to my chair now. So I apologize for the rumbling again. But yeah, definitely check out those books. And if you guys are looking for more, I can dig a little deeper, but I probably should have read this the questions before and been prepared. <laughs> everyone. I'm here today with a very special guest. I'm here with Ritvik Biswas, who I went to college with, but we have actually never really sat down and had a, had a conversation before. Hey guys, I'm Ritvik. Excited to talk to you, Liz. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I think like, I, I don't even know how I started following you, I guess, like just from just, like you being at CAG and all that stuff. And then my senior year, I lived with Emily Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And she like said your name one day, like talking about like studying or whatever. And I was like, how do you know him? And she was like, he's in my major, like, or whatever. And yeah, I was like, in the same oh. school. Yeah, no-, no, I feel like uh, you see so many faces at CAG and you were one of the prevalent ones because you were in the fitness, like training and everything. And you starting the page and everything outside of the powerlifting team, especially. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, um, Honestly, CAG is such a social place. Like mm-hmm. you see people, you meet people, find out who they are on social media and just to see everyone's progression too. It's crazy. Like you've made an amazing progression over the past 
three years, four years I followed you, three years. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a while. I know I was going to say the same thing, too. It's crazy to be following like people like you. I've been like I've been following you for years and just seeing like all the growth and stuff that you've made with your lifts over the years. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank I, you, you too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I wanted to have you on because you are an engineer full time, but you're also very big into powerlifting and competing. And I have not had a powerlifter on my podcast before. So I have I have a lot of questions just because I mean, like I've been around it a lot, but I've never like it's never something I've explored. Mm-hmm. So my I think like my biggest question for you is how did you get into it? Like, how did you discover actually powerlifting for like competitions and stuff? Yeah, um, I guess my whole story was a little, uh, little like everybody else's. I think um, powerlifting started becoming really mainstream in the college scenes around like when I started powerlifting. Um, I personally used to be really into sports in high school. Um, I started off like never playing a sport freshman year of high school to starting to actually become good at sports uh, senior year of high school. But I didn't want to play like organized sport while or like a d1 or d3 like sport while being in college because it's just really stressful to do with engineering i just knew i couldn't manage it Mm -hmm. um and even if i even if i did try to do it i don't think it would pay off the same because i'm not i wouldn't be that great at it right so um i started like looking into working out in the gym because i didn't really like outside of my sports um i didn't really have incentive to go to the gym and one of my really good friends from high school he he was like um he was like really the original one of people that I knew that from my high school that started like a fitness page and everything. So he gave me like a really cookie cutter, like bodybuilding ish program and my like community in my uh, condo area, like they have like a little small gym that I started working out right after high school. And I really like sort of like it. And I was like, Oh, wow. Like I've never had a, I've never had a gym membership, mind you, like before, mm-hmm. before college, I never had a gym membership. So walking into Rutgers and that big Werblin Bush gym, Um, and seeing so many people like enjoying lifting and, uh, like powerlifting, especially like, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like I used to see, um, that was like, I think the powerlifting team at Rutgers was about a year too old and a lot of the original creators. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the original creators of the club, they were still there and they were so strong and just watching them just like throw weights around I was yeah. I was inspired so that that was where I kind of got the inspiration to start powerlifting so did you start that like was that a freshman year thing for you and then it was all throughout the four years yeah so powerlifting itself I started freshman year I was incredibly weak <laughs> I remember <laughs> I still if you like scroll all the way down to the bottom of my profile on my lifting page you can see me trying to sumo deadlift for the first time because I was like oh sumo easier uh turns out like <laughs> conventional was a little easier for me and i used to do really narrow sumo like a frog stand sumo which is not a bad thing uh <laughs> which is not a bad thing um but i i like there's a there's a part of the video where i like throw the weight up a little bit to try to adjust my grip because my grip was so bad um but yeah um honestly like freshman year i'm so glad i started doing that because it started giving me routine and everything um and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I started and stuck That's with awesome. it. So do you ever train? Because I've only, I think I've like seen you a few times at Crunch, like our senior year. Do you ever train for like hypertrophy or is it just uh, powerlifting and cardio? Do you do any cardio? <laughs> yes. Uh, 
So I think, um, so I used to run cross country and wrestle in high school. So my oh. cardio has always been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think like due to my like naturally like low body weight, and no. it's not really that hard to pick up cardio. Um, no. And it's really hard for me to gain weight as well. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to focus on strength, especially in college. So that's what I mostly did. I kind of stopped doing cardio freshman, sophomore, um, and part of junior year. So honestly, like hypertrophy wise, like I still had like bodybuilding accessories. So you'd be surprised how much like, uh, like compound lifts doing at like seven reps or six reps, even how much it like challenges your muscle and builds it. Um, but in terms of hypertrophy, it was just high reps, (laughs) compound lifts and occasional bodybuilding work, but, um, cardio. Uh, so as I said, like cross country and, um, wrestling in high school, when COVID hit, I didn't have any weights or anything uh, during that whole pandemic period. Um, no gym, nothing. So I was kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. So um, I was like a little, I guess, like sad and depressed without the without like a fitness routine. Yeah. So I just started going out and running just like one mile first week, two miles. And eventually there was a week or two where I started running like almost a half marathon every day. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, oh, I could man. never. I get it, because like, what else were you supposed to do during quarantine? Oh yeah, I was but going I crazy. Just can't fathom that. Yeah, and my town is like hills and everything, and it was like peak summer, but it just felt so good, you know. It's just like you're yeah. sweating it out. Like, pandemic was a period where you're just kind of stuck in your house and you have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any structure. I don't think I was immensely in the best place. Um, and that kind of started giving me some structure. Like I go out there three hours of just running, running, running. Um, so cardio for me is a release. Um, I really look at it as like a hobby and addition to my fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, and I occasionally dabble back into it based on what I like and what I'm like feeling at the time. Um, personally right now, uh, it's cool that you asked me this (laughs) because (laughs) I'm, uh, one week out from a competition, one week out from a powerlifting competition. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this, uh, Saturday. Saturday, I'll be competing in a USPA, um, a USPA meet, uh, the USA Powerlifting, or not USA, USA, it's the US Powerlifting Association. There's so many like, okay. I guess, yeah. uh, federations, yeah, yeah. but um, there's a charity, suicide charity meet that they're, uh, they're, that they're doing. So I was, I signed up for it with my friends and I'm looking forward to putting a um, subpar performance because my head isn't completely in it. And there, you have these moments at powerlifting, especially I have these moments, I guess, uh, where I start craving cardio. And right now I'm craving cardio. I just hate like doing these heavy barbell movements. It's, it's challenging, especially when you're stressed out. Like I'm already stressed out with work and everything. And um, it is because it's like, you're trying to hit, like, it's different from the training that I kind of do because how much you're pulling, like really matters, like mm-hmm. that if, depicts your performance. I think there's there's two aspects that make powerlifting especially quite challenging. And um, the two aspects is that, A, it's um, you kind of start taking competitively. You're like, you, even though, like, maybe you're not competing with a person, but you're still competing with yourself and trying to PR, trying to do better and better. And that competition aspect, it's nice, but it adds a stressor onto your life. And if you already have a lot on your plate, it just kind of sometimes sucks out the fun out of lifting. Yeah. So that is something to keep in mind. The second aspect of it, that a lot of people don't realize is that powerlifting or lifting heavy in general, it puts a huge strain on your nervous system. So if you're really stressed out in general due to work, due to external circumstances, 
you're going to um, you're going to be adding another stressor. And mm. although like a lot of people look uh, look at like gym and lifting as a good stressor, it is a good stressor. But at the end of the day, when you're lifting heavy, your body is going through a lot. And especially right. with powerlifting, it taxes your central nervous system, which includes your brain, your nerves. So you're going to be feeling pride. And that's kind of where I am one week out. And um, I'm kind of looking forward to doing well on the meet and uh, moving on to something that's more cardio based. Okay. That's, that's actually a really good point. I never really thought about it that way as like being really tough on the nervous system. So that taught yeah. me something today. Um, so now that you're out of college, because obviously when you were in school, you competed through like the Rutgers powerlifting team. Um, are you part of any sort of team or are you just doing this by like, how did you find a way to keep competing? Um, I'm lucky that I've met so many friends, uh, through powerlifting. Mm -hmm. I inspired some of my friends from hometown to kind of be more into powerlifting, I guess, um, kind of start taking it more competitively. And luckily some of my friends from hometown were trying to do a meet. So I kind of jumped on with them and I signed up. I was like, Hey, I want to lift. I want to get, I want to get stronger and I want to test it out somewhere. So I jumped on to meet with them. And uh, otherwise, I'm not really part of a team. I think uh, I was really thankful for the Rutgers powerlifting team for introducing everything to me. Right. But uh, I think college gives you that structure. But outside of college, you kind of have to find it yourself. And I don't think I'd fit into like a like I think a lot of gyms do have like teams and such. But personally, I like the independent aspect of it yeah. right now. And uh, I, I think I I try to stay away from like joining a group of people kind of doing it. Kudos right. to them. Um, I kind of want to stay a little independent for now. Yeah, uh, I get it. It's like the gym's also like your alone time too, at least for me, where some people do like to really go and always have a partner and whatnot. I like to be alone with my headphones on. Yeah. Not bad. Yep. So, I don't know about you. Uh, go ahead. No, no. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, I don't know about you, but um, I feel like after college, a lot of things that you were doing in college, you start re recognizing that you can't really carry on those habits, yeah. um, especially like social habits. Um routines mm -hmm. that you had in college you can't really do that anymore so uh i feel like um in college like i since everyone was really close to you everyone was right there like within 15 minutes you could reach out to your friends like it's not that hard to get to your friends it's not that hard to get to the dining hall it's not that hard to get places the gym is like you know five minute walk or something yep. like that <laughs> yeah um nowadays like living by yourself and having a separate routine having responsibilities it adds like a lot of stress uh on you and you kind of have to now <laughs> you kind of have to adjust your social circles you need to adjust your social habits you need to adjust yeah. your routines and you know sometimes sometimes things that you did in college you're like i think it's start i think it's time to i wouldn't even say mature because i think like even if you're mature you can still do those you can still have those social just habits outgrow certain you have like we have different priorities now yeah that's yeah. the thing like i can't I used to go out like, especially senior year when, when it was COVID and there was literally nothing else to do. Like I would go out like Thursday, yep. Friday, Saturday, or two days in the weekend. And now I'm like, I, I'm exhausted on Fridays <laughs> from working and working oh, yeah. out. And like, I can't imagine like even have like drinking more than one drink two nights. Oh night. yeah. I can't, I can't fathom that. Do you do a uh, Thursday happy hours with your work people? No. So we sometimes we do but we plan I always ask them like can you let me know in advance because if I don't go to the gym before work like I'm gonna want to go after it's my favorite part of the day so sometimes we go to there's like this outdoor place near where I work and in the summer we go there a lot but 
a lot of us, like my, one of my good friends at work, she teaches pure bar after work. And like, sometimes I train, so we don't do too many happy hours. I feel like that's a big city thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because you get to socialize and everything, Mm -hmm. but I think, uh, like, just like alcohol, um, I feel like we build up a tolerance to like big social events and then you kind of shock your body on a Thursday with both alcohol and social events, which you're not used to. And then you spend the rest of your weekend recovering from that. At least yeah. for me. Oh my God. Like if I go out on a Thursday, I can't go on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I need it all to recover. If I go on a Friday, oh my God, don't even, don't even talk to me <laughs> on a Saturday. Like it's, it's not These are the things about corporate America too, that I'm like, just like, it's such like, that's why people find it so hard too to take care of like their health and stuff. It's cause like, there's just so many tempting opportunities and not everyone has their priority straight where like they might go to happy hour every single Thursday and be like, fuck it. I'm already hung over. I'll just go out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I, I, I have mixed feelings on corporate America. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that it provides a structure after college that a lot of people are craving, right? Um, entrepreneurship and that route is challenging. Um, you know, it's, it takes a lot of time. A lot of people kind of say like, it's the freedom type route, but it's not, it's you creating the structure now. Right. Right. Uh, corporate America provides that structure. But the thing that people don't recognize is that it's not the same structure as college, right? Because like high school to college is like, you still have structure, but college gives you certain controls that you didn't have in high school. Now in corporate oh, America, you, well. yeah, yeah, yep. Oh yeah. And now you're like, you know, I think like uh, my teachers in high school use this like analogy of like, you're going from like, you're like big fish in the little sea or something like that. And you keep moving up and up. And corporate America is a really, really big sea and mm-hmm. trying to grow yourself there, trying to build a routine, trying to build structure for yourself. Cause you still have to do that. Even though they provide some level of structure to you, you kind of have to now sit there and create a path for yourself because otherwise like, you're just gonna get lost in it oh yeah you could work 20 years on a company you could end up working 20 years in a one position you know you you're making good money at this point like a lot of people who are graduating from college you know we're we're in the middle of recession but a lot of people still have their jobs god forbid anything happens in the future but a lot of people have their jobs and you're making good money 80k a year 60 to 80k a year is a lot to lot to be making for a lot of people right out of school not a lot of responsibilities so you could easily get stuck there like it's it's not it's not that hard I 100% agree. I like what you said too about people thinking like entrepreneur entrepreneurship is like the way out. When like if you really know anything about entrepreneurship, especially like me coming from the business school and stuff, like it's a lot of work oh, yeah. starting up your own business. So like yes, you're your own boss, but I think a lot of people get like they they like misunderstand things or like, you know, like, yes, you are your own boss, but it's a lot of work. And it typically takes, I think they say five years for a company to like actually start generating like revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I think um, I think a lot of people try to go the route of taking the skills that they have mm-hmm. and trying to um, start a business with that. I think that is amazing because mm-hmm. I think it leverages something that you already have and that you're experienced in and you have more control over that. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like, I think before you do that, though, uh, if your goal is to, right now, like my goal is to eventually achieve that. I think it's like um, 
I think like if I sit here and say like I want to be working for a person for the rest of my life, I don't think I'm doing justice to myself. I I've agree. always wanted to be. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I've always wanted to be entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. I've always had that drive in me. The problem is that I'm still trying to build confidence in, in myself, right? I know it's like, you know, we're so have to young. take the jump. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have time. But it's also like, as I was saying before, like, it, it's such a fine balance between the comfort that you're already in to making that jump into something that's, oh, like, it's not gonna be easier. Like, when I make that jump, it's not gonna be easier. It's gonna be harder. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I'm building up my skills. I think like, I'm lucky to be making good money right now. And I think that if I can make this kind of money while working for a company, I think I can definitely lever leverage my skills in the future to be making a lot more uh, I think so. through my own control. I think so. Yeah. So I, I know, but um, actually, I don't know. I know what you do now because you just said it before we started recording. But what did you major in in college and what do you do now? Just so people can have an idea. Um, honestly, I hate saying this, too, because okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I no, 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 not not for the like not for a bad reason. Right. Like I double majored in electrical engineering and computer science. And like the okay. first thing people think are like, oh, these are like you double major. These are really two tough, really like really tough two things. And you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of getting through it and everything. But um, I think majors at the end of the day are these buzzwords. Right. And um, yeah. I think it's just like is a testament to the work that I put in. But I think the part that makes me unhappy sometimes is the fact that I could have taken the easier route. And I feel like a lot of people try to over challenge themselves to prove something. And I wish uh, 18 year old or 19 year old me who declared his major uh, thought about that for a second. And um, if I can give like a piece of advice to people, if you're in college, do not feed into your ego. I know it's tempting when you're 18, yep. 19, you want to feed into your I think ego. Everybody can learn from that. Don't yep. feed into your ego. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think like, um, I think the most important thing that I at 23 years old now learned is that you want to follow the path of, path of least resistance, right? Like if you're stressed out about choosing major, let yourself go in the river of the world mm -hmm. and kind of see where you flow, right? Like, you know where you want to be. So just take the path of least resistance. Don't try to do like more than you could do. Man, the, the nights that I spend <laughs> in the libraries, try to finish everything. And honestly, like, the worst part about it is that like, I have the degree, I did well, mm -hmm. but sometimes there are classes that I enjoyed so much and I wish I just like focused on them rather than like half-ass them to try to like fit in 20 credits in one semester yeah. kind of a deal. So um, that's why, you know, I frown upon sometimes talking about my major, but I did double major in electrical engineering and computer science. That's a good, that's a good disclaimer, honestly, because I'm, I'm like a classic, like I love to fill my plate to the brim just because I've always been, I mean, growing up, in like a half Asian household too. Like obviously school is very like value oh, yeah. and you do, like literally don't have a choice, but to be a good oh, student, yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah. I have always felt like a pressure to perform, not even just perform well, but exceed expectations yes. in school. And then when I got to, it was really when I got to college and I think like maybe halfway through college and I realized that I was putting in like so much effort and people were get like other people were getting the same results as me that I was yep. like, okay, I'm going to, I want to keep succeeding and overachieving, but I also need to prioritize like my social life. Otherwise mm -hmm. four years are going to fly by 
And I'm going to be upset that I wasted all my time, like hunkering down, studying while other people had more of a balance and ended up in the same spot that I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's it's like it. Look, if you figure it out when you're 23, 24, even some people who are 30 figure out then. Right. That's fine. Right. But the earlier you can figure out, like, stop putting too much on your plate and be targeted with your efforts. The better it is. Um, Because. Man, oh man, there's there's so many like I honestly like I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be regretting. Um, I think I'm in a good place in my life. Um, trying learn. to work forward. Yes, but yeah, you end the up the learning in a good aspect spot. of it. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No um, but putting a lot on your plate, um, that's a good thing as long as you're confident that it feeds into your goals and not to your ego. That's the yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yep, that is super important because now yeah. I feel like I'm still piling stuff onto my plate, but it's not because like I feel the need to like have a certain reputation or impress certain people but it's more of like okay I have to do things for my full-time job but I really love what I do on social media and stuff in the gym and like even starting this podcast like nobody pressured me to do it I was just like I really want to do this I love to talk so I'm feeling I'm still filling my plate haven't learned my lesson there but I'm filling it with things that like keep me keep me happy you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like you fill your plate with things that are feeding into your ego. Right. They seem to be your goals like that. That's the important thing. I think that a lot of people try to equate their goals with their ego. And I don't think that's true. I, I think uh, in high school, I I was bad with that in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of us are yeah, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I, I'm guess, like, uh, guessing last name Asian. So your dad is Asian, right? Yes. Asian dads, like Indian dads are Asian dads. And man, oh man, they have a big expectation on you. Like in high school, I don't know about your dad, but my dad was, he was the type of person to be like, if you, if I, if I got a 36 on ACT, he'd be like, oh, why is it not a 37? I took my SAT so many times. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I, I like, I got a good grade on my first ACT and my dad enrolled me into like a Kaplan ACT course. (laughs) And I was like, Dad, I could get into college with this ACT score, like a good college. And my grade actually fell after that. Like, I did worse after that course. So it's just like, you know, I, I like how my dad pushed me, though. I think it. Um, I know. It's I love like, hating it. It's, yeah. it's like because my dad is his. So my dad came from Taiwan and his parents like basically spent their his mom at least spent her whole adulthood life like trying to provide for them because they came here with like nothing so my dad didn't have anyone to push him in school and like so he pushed himself he actually went to Rutgers too both my parents did um but he couldn't like he could barely pay for it and like he did really shitty in school but he ended up fine so he instilled in like me and my brother like we did not have the option to do poor because we were expected to do great since we had parents that cared about it and like we we did and I definitely think that like I I'm grateful for them because I know they're gonna listen to this too and be like (laughs) like, (laughs) think that I'm not but I I really am because I I turned out all right and I valued school you did you did but I definitely remember the days of like me coming home with like a b plus on my math test and having Mm -hmm. to like sit inside and redo practice problems until I got everything right I don't think my dad rested his case of like, are you doing well or not until um until I got my first job. Like I, I was think, just like, gonna uh, say the yeah. same thing. I don't think he I, I like I actually 
like there was a moment when I was doing I did really bad my freshman sophomore year in college mm-hmm. like I was not in a pl- good place in terms of academics mm-hmm. I think it was because I put too much on my plate into, including like you know jumping into social life big college everything oh, wow. yeah and I came back home like sophomore year summer and um my dad was I was like you know sometimes you have the moment where you're like oh I'm in college like maybe I could confide into my Asian dad and um I tell him that and he's just like you know, like Rampo College, like the mm-hmm. the college, like it's in my town. Okay. And he was just like, you know, like I don't frown upon Rampo College. You know, I was just like, you know, but it's, it's it, still a school. Yeah. Who, uh, yep. I, I can see. Yep. It's, it's and, not even that they frown upon it, but they're just like, we expect you to do better. Yeah. That. Yeah. And, and the most condescending thing he said during that time was like, I think it, it helped me. Honestly, it flipped my, it flipped my switch. Because he was just like, oh, maybe you should transfer to Ramble College for the rest of your degree. And I felt so deeply offended. I was just like, you really think I can't finish my degree at Rutgers? Like, I yeah, will finish yeah. now. So I sit there and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, you know, it was like a challenge. So maybe he like ingrained it into me. Maybe it's not the healthiest thing. Maybe it's not the mental health thing now. But I'm really thankful for my father for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um I think like some places he could have been more empathetic, but that level of drive that he had, I was glad to see how hard he worked. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you were glad how to see how hard your parents worked mm-hmm. and that inspires you and puts into perspective when your parents tell you like, Hey, what's going on? Like, why aren't you working hard enough? Like I worked to get here. Why is it not easy for you? It does. Like, yeah. It was so. hard sometimes. Like, like I definitely, I think there's like a generational thing too and it's and a cultural thing where like my dad is like straight from Asia itself and also like just the generational thing where he didn't really understand like mental illnesses and like things like like he didn't understand like how I suffer really with anxiety until like I got on medication and had to like explain it to him and now he gets it but as a kid like it was just tough as nails, you know, like they don't oh, yeah. really get it. But at the same time, like he knew, and I'm sure your dad felt the same way. Like they know what we're capable of. Yeah. And I don't know per se if my dad would have been as hard on me if he knew that I wasn't like capable of achieving what I've achieved. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, look, maybe your parents will say it to your face, but they are proud of you. I think uh, every, yeah. every kid, every kid should know they do that. Now, even but I though- have a job. <laughs> yeah oh yeah now like outwardly like now they have a job like my dad trusted me with dropping off the airport like actually didn't say anything while I drove him to the airport for once um so I was really happy about that but um but I think like a lot of a lot of times like I know you may have like some young listeners and uh, a lot of them probably in college and they're trying to do like the best they can for their parents like you know a lot of people have expectations that their parents set for them and they oftentimes feel like they aren't meeting it because their parents aren't saying that but Especially if you have strict parents, most probably they're proud of you. I think that's really important yeah. to remember, even though they it's won't say it to your face. For them to say it too, exactly. Yeah, they've been the oh, way yeah. their way like for so long and pushing you. It's hard. It's it's really hard for anyone to just like. Say, it's like yeah. hard for people to be, say I'm sorry or like you were right. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. For parents, especially especially for the last generation Asian parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We we have to be the future that. Uh, yeah this around but i'm glad you actually understand though because my all my white friends don't get it don't get it yeah i mean look i 
I went to uh, I went to a, like a pretty much I live in an all white town, right? Like Malwa mm-hmm. is a pretty much all white town, it's like ninety percent white. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like even like not only are we all white, like it's a really wealthy town. So a lot of the problems that I may have faced, like it wasn't the same as some of my peers in school did. I mean, they faced their own problems, but they weren't the same problems as mine. I was really glad that I walked into Rutgers where I met so many diverse people from oh, different yeah. backgrounds. And that was huge. I was like, oh, wow, like I can actually relate to the struggles that the, these people are facing. Like I like, oh, my God, this is so bad because I wrote all my college essays like as if I was a victim. And that was the worst thing I possibly did. I did the same thing, but it got yeah. me in school. And that's <laughs> why I did it. I And I was just like, that is so self-centered. Like the moment I walked into Rutgers, like. I was like, I have been so self-centered for my whole life. And like, everybody's going through it. Like everybody's going through it. And. But your experience, like your experiences though, like, I mean, I feel like you can look at it as like self-centered because there are so like in the grand scheme of it, there are so many diverse people in this world, but you didn't grow up in that environment. I, I like, um, I'll say this. I think that what I regret is that not only did I like, play a victim I also like sometimes look down upon other people's experience in high school especially and I wasn't really it was an immature thing to do I would say Mm -hmm. and the moment I got into college I was able to kind of step out of that scene and be like hey like I need to stop like I need to be more empathetic towards other people's like story like what's up with them and like why are they who they are right and the moment I started doing that I was like this is this is very different like um I felt like I was like a maturing up and b I was learning you know I was like uh because that like it's it's fine to be proud of where you came from right I think it's it's fine to be that right but where pride becomes one of the seven deadly sins is when you downplay other people's uh, um story and that's when it becomes an issue and you know pride is not a deadly sin without that aspect of jealousy and I feel like that that's where it like um that really feeds into each other. A hundred percent agree. I feel like I was kind of the opposite where like in high school, I played along like with everybody else. Like people would make jokes because I was their only like Chinese friend, you know? So they would make jokes about it. And like, this is really awful. But my seventh grade teacher used to call me fortune cookie, which is like just really awful now. Oh Lord. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> But in high school, like I would like play play into it, and like I was like, oh, this doesn't bother me. And then I got to college and was like around so many more people, like like me. That when like my white friends started to say some fucked up things, I was like, hold on, like you shouldn't be saying this about me or yeah. anyone that's like me, you know? Yep. It took. Hey, me don't get me wrong. I like I- I'm not like the most like clean person in terms of talking but there's some things where you like just can't say it like it's just like you can't like you can't call especially if you're a teacher you can't be saying that kind of stuff because there's such a big power dynamic like if your friend makes like a racist joke towards you you can make a racist joke back like you fight back in some way yeah with a teacher that's just that's a step way too far and um but yeah no that that visibility that you provide that you get at Rutgers it provides like such a such a different change in your life Um, yeah where, where did you go to where did you go to like high school I went to Howell. So I'm in like the Monmouth County area. Um, And I never lived in Howell. So that was another thing where like I didn't grow up there. So everyone else kind of knew each other already. And it's a predominantly white, like white Catholic um, school, which like I'm Catholic and I'm half white. But people would like 
only center on the fact that like I have a Chinese last name and that I'm half Chinese and people would all like what bothered me, it started to bother me was that people would always bring it up where I was like, first of all, like I'm only half. So I don't know why this is such like a big deal. And then people would like ask me about Japanese things where I'm like, this isn't even like, I'm not even Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, ugh. I mean, I think uh, I think there's a huge like paradigm shift in the sense that I think a lot of people are recognizing. Well, first of all, I I think I learned this very early on. I I lived in two years in a town called Elwood Park, and it was a quite diverse town. But it wasn't diverse in the sense that there were a lot of people of my race. There was a lot of people of different races, mm-hmm. right? And it was third and fourth grade, and I vividly remembered. Um, I had a friend who um he. He used to make fun of like the food that I used to bring, right? And uh, he was he wasn't white; he was black. And he used to make he used to make fun of the food that I used to bring, and uh, kind of like be like, "Oh, your food smells yada yada yada." It's like the classic Indian like food jokes, right? And it's funny because like my mom, like I asked her like, "What should I do? Like I don't want to eat this," and she was just like, "Why don't you just give him a taste, right? She's like, give him the food," and um, that fixed it. Like it's just like I think a lot of the issues where a lot of people fixate on your what what's different about you is because they don't understand it. And I think that you can see it, especially in young kids, like third and fourth graders, when you're like, Oh, let me, let me like provide like the insight. Like maybe let me bring this friend home and be like, this is my life. And that provides like such an open, like um, perspective for them. Like whether you're white or whether you're black or whether you're Indian, Asian, like at the end of the day, if you grew up in like a, um, a box of your own where you just like, everybody's like you and you see somebody that's different, you, you want to learn about them, but you don't know how to, like, initiate that conversation. And a lot of people fixate on, like, the racial politics and that kind of deal, the, 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 the difference between people. But I think that when you, like, really introduce people to those cultures, it brings people together. And that's mm-hmm. where it's just, like, pretty big. That's so I think, smart of your mom. That's, like, yeah. honestly. And yeah, the yeah. simplest little thing is why don't you just give him a taste? Yeah. And he liked it. He was just like, he stopped making the jokes. And I was like, well, yeah, that kid probably like when, cause um, I've only had Indian food like a few times myself, but like, when was that kid going to get introduced? Exactly. Probably not in years. And it is yeah. like, like, okay, like you keep talking about it. Like, why don't you go try it? Yep. It's a and I think a lot of, a lot of like, uh, a lot of times that I was made fun of in school, the best way that I, I learned to like mitigate that was through providing a insight and also like just taking a step back from my high horse that I'm a person that's different and just not being like oh like yeah like haha that's funny like if it's a joke that's funny it's funny I know I'm not gonna be like yeah you have to have a little bit of thick skin and it sounds awful and like I don't want people to take that the wrong way but if it's like my friend throws me a little jab and I know that it's not harmful and it's not like seriously like offensive then I'm like oh haha like whatever but like yeah they're gonna call me a chink i'm like all right let's not yeah yeah. maybe not throw around that term (laughs) yeah yeah i think like um what i recently learned though is that i think this happens a lot in guys especially is that like you kind of get desensitized to it and you're just like kind of just throw words like it's nothing and uh my girlfriend was like really lenient with me initially and uh she was like she started correcting me and i was like you know you're right like should really stop using that word there yeah. <laughs> even though like my friends may be fine with it and my girlfriend may be fine with it but if i just say that out loud in like uh 
I don't know, a conversation in the street, right. like people are going to be looking at me weird and it's going to be offensive. Like they have no context. They have no, like, you know, you have to be careful. I think that's comes with being older. Yeah. I think it, it it is true. And yeah, that's a huge thing. I think this conversation went like way off like the path, but I, yeah. I like that we had it. Cause I think like, I haven't really had the opportunity to have a conversation like this with anybody else. And yeah. I, I, and, and yep. learn something from it, whether you're, Asian, not Asian, whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, fitness, life, all the same. Um, I, I like to think of like the gym as like uh, a reflection, a smaller reflection of what the world actually is. Yeah. Um, I think the inclusiveness that you see in the gym uh, between differences between like where people are in their uh, gym uh, path, like, yeah. I think it shows like people are moving away from like seeing people's differences and kind of understanding each other's differences yeah. instead, uh, instead of like a negative outlook on that. Um, I wanted to say like, when I first started, I was skinny. I was skinny. I was like, um, I wasn't strong. I wasn't like, and I wasn't where I wanted to be. And uh, the inclusiveness of the community is what really, uh, really made it comfortable for me. Yeah. And I think that the world is becoming a lot more inclusive and that yeah. especially shows in the gym. Yeah. Like it's really good to surround yourself too. Like if you want to succeed, you have to surround yourself with people that are on the same path as you yep. that also want to succeed. Like I, you can't let yourself get dragged down or scared by the idea of like other people, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that, I would take it a step further and I would say that if you see a person that's uh, kind of wailing in the mud, pick him up, put him on his shoulder, yeah. start running with him. I think like wrestling, especially in high school, taught me this like big time, right? Like every time after practice, after a long grueling practice, there was conditioning every practice and it was brutal, right? And I remember when I first started and it was terrible. And every time I fell, like, there was a person right there. Like, maybe I wasn't even friends with them. They picked me right back up and we're sprinting together, or running together. You're just doing it together. And, like, that, like, people are forgetting, like, today, like, everywhere in life. If you see a person struggling uh, in terms of work, in terms of the gym, you pick them up. You don't, like, just, you know, you don't let them, like, just wail there. You you, you yeah. help them. Yeah. Um, that is and, important. People do lose sight of that. Yeah. Especially you have today, to be this... every man for himself. It really doesn't. Yeah, together we could do so much in the world, and uh, I think that people lose sight of that. And look, I'm not part of the team in powerlifting, but I love seeing people succeeding in powerlifting. Like you I love watching a friends. lot too. Like yeah. even just like always being polite about it too. I should point that out. Yeah. You would always ask me like if I wanted some tips instead of just being like you should do this. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. But you've had you've helped me a lot too, and we've never been on a team together. Like yes, it's just you would see something and be like, hey, like I have a little suggestion. You open to hearing it, and I'm like, always oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm really really nice to people outside of like that, <laughs> that I don't know that well. But my friends like a lot. A lot of my friends are like, oh, like. You know, I sometimes would like to jump in and just be like, I can help you. Like, I want to yeah, help. I'm you. the like, same way with my close circle, too. Where I'm like, stop yep. doing this. Like, yeah. listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm a little controlling. And I think there's a fine balance between like helping a person up versus like um, kind of like pulling them by the neck and killing yeah. them while you're dragging. It's not a love, <laughs> so, though. It's like, I just, yeah. I want my friends to like be the happiest and like healthiest versions of themselves that they can be. So when I see them like struggling with something, I'm like, 
let me fix it. Like, but I can't yes. like you can yeah. give them advice and point them in the right direction, but they need to fix it themselves. Yep. Yep. And uh, that's, that's a fine line that I'm slowly trying to uh, kind of, kind of, kind of navigate. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, I feel like um, every person at the young age that they are in like uh, under 25, or under 25, I would say is trying to navigate between like feelings of extreme, right? Like sometimes you have like these behaviors that are really extreme that have worked out for you but it's starting to not work out for you because at mm-hmm. a larger scale as you're scaling up bigger and bigger in the world like some of these don't like line up and you kind of have to start recognizing okay maybe i'm too extreme with this habit and i need mm-hmm. to tone it down but i don't i don't need to lose it it's like yeah. it's an important quality mm-hmm. so um i feel like there are no negative qualities that there are no positive qualities it's all about how you weigh it in your life in the situation that you're in yeah and um that, that's that's I've been navigating so much. Twenty three is such a weird age. I'm guessing you're twenty three also. Yeah, twenty three is such a weird age. Like, tell me, like, graduated like one and a half years ago. Like, where are you in your life? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually don't. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I feel like I figured out a lot, but I still have so much more to figure out. But yep, I'm okay. Oh yeah. We're doing okay. We're chugging along. <laughs> Amen. Amen to yeah. that. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this podcast. I We talked for a long time, but I honestly enjoyed every second of it. And I hope that people can take one or two pieces of information and find some use out of it because we covered a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i'm uh i'm a very abstract talker sometimes i just kinda... i love it i yeah. love it it's <laughs> it gives me you gave me a lot of like like brain food today like things i can sit and think about so i appreciate that no same here i would say like look um a lot of my friends like to say that i should start my own podcast because i like to talk so much that's why uh, um... because i enjoyed talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it and I think that it doesn't have to be limited to a podcast form. I think that people should be open to having like an hour too long conversation with their friends about these kind of things. Oh yeah. Because I'm always like, my friends will call me on the phone and I'm like, let's sit and talk. Like, let's just talk like people. And that's, that's the, that's the part that people are trying to like podcasts are a very organized version of it. But I think like people are starting to recognize that a conversation is a good thing to have. Social media, I feel like, has made it a lot more like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be text. It doesn't have to be messages. It doesn't have to be emails. It has to be like sometimes sit down with a person and have a long conversation. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on. I'm going to I'm going to wrap things up, I suppose. Now, Um, (laughs) do you you don't have to. But if you want to tell people like your powerlifting account and stuff, feel free to go and plug that in. Yeah, so right now I'm on a hiatus from social media, but uh, okay. I will be picking it back up slowly. Um, you can follow me on at Ritvik underscore fit. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know I, I've, I'm in a creative block right now. I don't want to be too focused on fitness. I think slowly, um, if you follow my page, I think you'll start seeing a lot more elements outside of fitness. And I like um, your vlogs. I like when you used to do those, like the vlogs. Yeah. I, I yeah. liked seeing those. I wouldn't mind if those came back. <laughs> yes, yes. I need to bring those back. They're really fun to do too. Like I like condensing everything in that in that like small time frame. I think like uh, I want to start a YouTube channel eventually and I want to do like story oriented items. That's why I'm going to create a block right now because I just bought a camera. I just bought all this stuff. Nice. And um, it's just you have the tools, you have the money and you're just like, I don't have the time. I don't have like the patience right now to like create these stories. But I want to eventually kind of put my thoughts into these story formats on YouTube. So um, I, I support it. If you ever need any food for thought, I'm always open. 
I have a creative brain, so I like to throw my ideas out there. Maybe you could take one and morph it into your own. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Thank you. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Liz. All right, everyone. That pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. I can't leave you without a song of the week suggestion. We are going Latin this week. And my song suggestion is Nolo Trates by Pipple, Daddy Yankee, and Nadi Natasha. Love this one. Uh, it's one of those that like I hear in the bar, you know? And then I actually found it. It came like up on my Apple Music. And I was like, wow, that's that song. Save. Add to playlist. Anyway, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lifts with Liz. And you can get some, some podcast merch through any of the links in my bio or on my website. Have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you next Monday.